When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Wrestling World. I am your host, Austin Boyer. And before we get down to anything, any discussions, I want to say happy birthday, Eddie Guerrero. It's been 15 years without you, but your legacy lives on forever. Okay, so the WWE draft was tonight. And I gotta say, SmackDown, as far as the matches, they weren't that great. Everything seemed fast-paced and rushed. And it was a buzzkill. Because SmackDown, has, they hyped these matches up. Only for us to be let down in the end. And I'll get into more of that later on in the show. But first, let's talk about the draft. Okay, so first up for Raw. Drew McIntyre stays on Raw. He is the current WWE Champion. Now, Drew McIntyre, I feel, is, is better as a heel than a babyface. Because, ever since he turned into a babyface, his, his run hasn't been as great. And I feel that his his feud his feud with Randy Orton would be better if he was a hill. Now obviously Randy Orton shines better as a hill himself. So that probably wouldn't work. But I feel as if if WWE turned McIntyre Hill as a real champion, maybe his championship run would have more meaning to it. Because Drew McIntyre is a better Hill than a babyface. And I'm not saying that because there's no fans in attendance. I'm saying that because it's true. Drew McIntyre is a great hill. He's been a great hill even before his time in WWE in the past. But this feud with Randy Orton and McIntyre, it, it doesn't excite me as much as it did in the beginning because WWE has a ten- tendency of dragging feuds on way longer than it should. I see why they're doing it this way, but I'm no longer interested in their storyline because it's been drunk on for so long. And I feel that Randy Orton should already be world champion, assuming he wins at Hell in a Cell. Um... And to be fair, Randy Orton really doesn't have any momentum going into Hell in a Cell, being he lost to Drew McIntyre twice already. So, in reality, you know, Randy Orton needs a win, desperately. And this feud needs to be put to rest once and for all. So that Randy Orton himself could move on to a different feud. Maybe he can feud with Edge later on as soon as Edge returns from his injury. I think that is the current plan for WWE Creative. I think they are waiting for Edge to return so they can resume the storyline between Orton and Edge. So we'll see what happens. As far as McIntyre goes, you know, after the Orton and McIntyre feud, maybe they'll put him in the tag team division with, with someone 
maybe he'll be a mid-carder like he was, you know, his last run with WWE. I'd hate to see McIntyre be pushed down the card like that, being that he is so talented, but there's so many big stars on the current Raw roster. You have Keith Lee, Randy Orton, um, Bobby Lashley, you have Ricochet, possibly Kevin Owens if he goes to Raw, which we'll see. Um, but there's so many stars. You know, I can't name them off the top of my head because there's so many. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, maybe he needs a fresh start. He needs turn to turn hill, obviously, Drew McIntyre. He needs to be a hill. I can't stress that enough. Because his current run as a babyface just isn't working for him, in my opinion. But anyway, moving on. Next raw draft pick is Asuka. And Asuka, I feel, is very talented. But her current feud with Selena Vega, I don't think it's best for Asuka. I don't think it's doing anything for Asuka, you know? Not discrediting Selena Vega, but Asuka deserves better. You know, she's been on that roster for a little while now. And I feel as if they, they, WWE could do better. Asuka's too talented. And there's so many other women she could feud with besides Selena Vega. I mean, maybe Natalia, who is another woman that is talented, which I feel is Natalia never had a fair chance in WWE. You know, they've never really given her a chance. They've paired her with Lana, who I'm surprised is still even signed with WWE, but we'll get into more of that later. But I want to talk about Asuka right now because... I just feel she deserves better. I feel WWE isn't using her correctly as to her full potential as they should. Um, she had a good run with Kyrie Zayn, but now it's they've they put her in this feud with Selena Vega, who really hasn't really accomplished much in WWE, aside from being Andrade's manager. So I hope they have something for Asuka going forward. I hope that they do something with her because she is too talented to be wrestling someone like Selena Vega. Again, I'm not discrediting Selena Vega, but Asuka deserves much more. And I'm hoping that with this current draft, you know, and fresh new superstars on each brand will, will help Asuka a little bit. A new storyline, a new feud, new opponents. I mean, it's better for probably a lot of superstars. It won't, it won't just benefit Asuka, but maybe more superstars. Um, moving on. The Hurt Business is the third draft pick for Raw. Okay, the Hurt Business. Um, I think it's a, a good stable, you know, you know, we're getting the old MVP back, the, when I thought he first came to WWE again, I thought, well, man, he's just going to be used to put, uh, put over other superstars, but now they've put him in this stable with Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin. And I like it. I like, you know, the Hurt Business because I'm a fan of all four. You know, these are guys that were in WWE years ago. You know, Lashley had a run with WWE. He's a former United States champion. He's the current United States champion, I should say. 
Shelton Benjamin. He was a former Intercontinental Champion, a former United States Champion. He he's accomplished a lot. MVP himself was a United States Champion, a former United States Champion, I should say. So these are three former guys that have been in WWE before, you know, veterans. And then you have Cedric Alexander, who is fresh, a newcomer, you know, talented. You know, he was one of my favorite cruiserweights in the cruiserweight division before being moved up to Raw. Well, before being moved up um, before being moved up to the main roster and they'll all go on 205 Live, I should say. I apologize, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> Got my words minced up, but um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hurt Business, but what Here's a problem, though. What I don't understand is they're feuding them with retribution. Keep in mind, this is two Hill Stables feuding with each other. Now, it's not just retribution that they're feuding with. You know, retribution is also feuding with the, the whole roster, you know, SmackDown and Raw. But in the last few weeks, we've been seeing the Hurt Business and Retribution go at it. Keep in mind, they're two Hills. There's no baby face in this. There's no. There's nobody to cheer for this. So that gives the audience nobody to, to cheer for. That gives the audience. People to boo. But nobody to cheer for, and that's what I don't understand. Um. And to be fair, I wasn't a big fan of the Retribution stable when they first debuted. Because I immediately thought of the Nexus. And when Retribution debuted, they destroyed the ring. They destroyed the arena. Which is similar to the way Nexus debuted on the main roster. And for those of you who are not f familiar with Nexus, this was the stable when NXT first began. It was a stable run by Wade Barrett, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Skip Shetfield, who you know is Ryback, Michael Tarver, and Husky Harris, who you know is Bray Wyatt, and Darren Young. And we all know how Nexus fared in WWE. We all know what happened to them. Their run didn't last long. You can't blame them for that. You could blame WWE Creative for not pushing them properly. You can blame John Cena. You know, he kind of buried the Nexus that year at SummerSlam. Um, but like I said, we all know what happened to Nexus. And when I, when I first seen the stable, I thought, okay, well, this is just like what we've seen before. We've seen this before. And we knew what happened last time, so this could happen again. You know, what could be different? So, weeks go by. And... Retribution is attacking you know, the main roster each week. And it just goes on and on for weeks and weeks. But with no explanation. There was no promos cut. There was nothing. And for weeks it was on it went on like this and I began to lose interest. You know, I, I began to wonder, you know, what's going on? Who are these guys? What's their reason for all this? So I, each week I was just, every time I see them on the TV, I just was like, eh, okay, whatever. And then we start hearing promos from them, you know, backstage promos. And I thought, okay, you know, this is, this is something. Well, weeks go by, a couple more weeks go by, I should say. Um, 
they they give these names, <laughs> and I, I to me I still you know wonder why they pick these names, but their names were Slapjack, Mace, T Bar, and Reckoning, who is Maya Yim from NXT. And these names are like, are they professional wrestlers or are they pirates? Because are we are we supposed to take these guys serious with these kind of names? Mace, T-Bar, Slapjack? They sound like a bunch of pirates, to be honest. I mean, it, who is writing this? Is it Vince Russo? Because is he secretly working for WWE? Because this is something, I mean, I thought these names, like, we're supposed to take this serious? Come on. But then, this past Monday, there was a segment with Retribution and Hurt Business. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Mustafa Ali align himself with retribution and then revealing well would assume he's revealing as himself as the leader of retribution which everyone is assuming like I said but you know we don't know what's going to happen Monday we're just assuming things um, which I, I find it's more interesting now than it was in the last few weeks because not only do we have Mustafa Ali, who's never been a heel in WWE, but now we also have a leader of Retribution. And one thing I like to point out with Mustafa Ali is he was he was rumored to to be a part of the hacker storyline that that we all just thought was dropped by WWE because we haven't seen no vignettes of the hacker, no segments, no nothing. So this is this is very interesting for W to go in this direction because not only does it bring interest to Mustafa Ali, but Retribution as a stable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more interested than I was in Retribution, so like I said, it, it's it's good to be excited about wrestling. It's good to feel excited about wrestling because for a while I wasn't. SmackDown is the dominant brand. They have Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt. You know, they have the better storylines, everything. And I, I just feel it's, it's good to be excited again because for a while, you know, there wasn't nothing to be excited about. SmackDown is great. SmackDown is, is better because, for one reason, there's storylines. You know, not 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 necessarily their matches themselves, but their storylines are better. So that interests me, as a professional wrestling fan, to get interested in wrestling again. Now, of course, you have AEW, which is on Wednesdays, but... I stick to SmackDown and Raw and NXT. I will tune into AEW once in a while, but you know, I try to stick with WWE the majority of the time. Um, but yeah, I just feel Retribution is a stable now. It's more interesting than it was. And that just feels good to be excited about pro wrestling again. Because WWE has been struggling with ratings. You know, they have AEW, which is competing with WWE right now. And, yeah, things aren't looking good for, you know, Raw's ratings at the moment. So, this might bring some light to, to Monday Night Raw. Okay. Moving on. The next pick. AJ Styles. AJ Styles is amazing in my opinion. He's a great heel. I prefer him as a heel rather than a babyface. 
because that that seems where he shines more. That seems to be his his strength is being a heel. You know, he he can do both. He can be a baby face, you know, whatever, but I like him as a heel. I've seen him as a baby face. And it's going to be interesting what they do with him on Raw. Being that he's a former Intercontinental Champion, two-time WWE Champion, a two-time United States Champion. It'll be interesting to see who they feud him with. Who they who they pair him with. What kind of storyline is he going to be in going forward because he's too talented. You know, and who knows how many years AJ has left in him. He's been everywhere from TNA, New Japan, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, WWE. He's just he's great all around. So I'm very excited for AJ as well. And we'll see what happens. Okay, next is Naomi. Um, Naomi. <laughs> I gotta say, I love her entrance music. You know, she seems like a talented wrestler. I feel she has more potential than WWE gives her. But that's just my opinion, you know, obviously Vince McMahon sees it different. I don't know. She is a former SmackDown Women's Champion. But I feel she could, I feel she could be more than that. I feel the WWE needs to push her. And WWE has a chance to push her now with being on Raw. But they can't push everybody at once, you know, I get that. You can't give everybody a push. But the way WWE Creative is now, based on what it used to be, is so different. You know, back then, the creative was, was better, but now it's, it's, it's different. Um, Vince McMahon is now in control. He's been in control, I should say. Uh, Paul Heyman was, you know, head of creative, and he was bringing, wanting to push these these new stars coming up. But it seems as if Vince had something else in mind. You know, he Paul Heyman was going to push superstars like Ricochet and Andrade and Angel Garza and. And several others, but Vince McMahon just sees it different, and I feel that's what they've done with Naomi. Is if they've just given up on her. Maybe WWE Creative doesn't really have anything for her at the moment, but we'll see. Okay, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are next. Were the next draft picks for Raw. Gotta tell you, I'm not a big fan of Nia Jax. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about her. I just, I'm not a big fan. I've seen how she botches moves and her promos just aren't really that good to me, you know. For me to be interested in a wrestler, their promos have to be good. Not so much their in-ring skills, but if a wrestler has good promos, and I'm, I could sit and watch him all day. And Naya, she just, she doesn't stand out to me. Now, Shayna Baszler, she's talented, talented wrestler. She has that mean streak as a heel, you know. She seems like WWE can really, someone that WWE can really get behind and push. If they feel it's necessary, but but with Naya, teaming her up with Naya, um, honestly, I'd rather see these two feud. 
other seeds to in the ring against each other as for them to be a tag team. Because I just I don't see what this is doing for Shayna Baszler, who you know I think is a better worker than Nia in the ring. You know she she's talented, but putting her in this tag team, what's that doing for her? You know, and. I just feel she could be a better singles competitor. As as to put her in a tag team division because you know, Naya I don't know, I feel like people that are around Naya are cursed. <laughs> how many look at how many people she's hurt. And I don't see what this is doing for Shayna Baszler when she could be a, a women's champion right now. When she probably should have beaten Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. It would have made sense. And that's what I was hoping for, but... You know, like I said, WWE had other plans. And they kept Shayna Baszler off TV for months. And then she comes back, and she should have been pushed then. In singles competition, but she wasn't. And so they pair her with Nia Jax, who... You know, I just feel... I feel WWE's creative. I think when they see they don't know what to do with the superstar, they say, oh, okay, well, we don't know what to do with this person, so let's put him in a tag team. Let's put him in the tag team division. Let's put him in these segments. Let's put him backstage or whatever. Um, I don't think WWE has... A creative direction with certain stars. I mean, you can you can tell that obviously. You know, um, look for example, look at Shinsuke and Cesaro, who I feel Cesaro should be a world champion, at least a three-time world champion by now. You know, but instead, they paired him with one tag team after another, and it's not doing nothing for him. He could be a singles competitor. We, we've seen him. I think the only decent tag team he was ever in was with Sheamus. You could say Tyson Kidd, but I mean, that didn't last long. You know, I, I feel Sora could be, you know, Intercontinental Champion. He could be an NXT Champion. Assuming he, he'd be drafted, maybe, but I highly doubt that. Shinsuke Nakamura is another one. In NXT, he was hyped up to be something big, only to be let down on the main roster. He won the Royal Rumble, nothing happened out of that. You know, he had feuds, and he could have been pushed, you know, after the Rumble, but like I said, WWE just... I shouldn't even say WWE, I should say Vince McMahon because it's like Vince McMahon, he gets a new toy and then once he's done with that new toy, he just throws it away. And what I mean by that is when he gets a, a new star coming from NXT or a new you know, superstar that's that's thriving in WWE and you know is a main star and a main character, it's like, okay, Vince McMahon, you know, he... He only uses his character for so long until he gets tired of it and throws it away. And then it gets pushed down to the mid-card and to a tag team division that's not needed. But yeah, and it's a shame. And it's probably going to be like that until somebody takes over. Like Triple H or you know, whoever. It really is a shame to see all these superstars going to waste because of creative. But... Like I said, you know, Baszler, she, she doesn't need to be in a tag team with Nia. She is so much better than that. So much better than Nia, in my opinion. You know, Nia, I feel Nia should go back to NXT. You know, she's not the best in-ring worker. We've seen that. I mean, look what she did to Kyrie Zane. You know, look what she did to Becky Lynch. 
you know, it's she's unsafe. You know, I'd be afraid of her. I'm not a professional wrestler, but man, I'd be afraid to step in the ring with her. So, and I just feel Basil could be better than WWE lets her, lets her be. That's just my opinion, though. Okay, next up on the draft is Ricochet. Um, Ricochet has remained on Raw, and he will stay on Raw. Um, Ricochet's another one that I feel the WWE creative just gave up on. They have nothing for. Ricochet is one of my favorite high-flying wrestlers. He's technical, you know. He, the, the dude can work. I should say, you know. But WWE, as I said, it's like they have a new toy. They use it for so long. They give up on it. And that's what I feel they've done with Ricochet. Um, and who knows what they'll do with Ricochet going forward. He's in this current storyline with Retribution and her business. And I don't see them really doing anything with Ricochet going forward. Maybe if they turn him hill, maybe pair him up with like Mustafa Ali or, the, or Retribution. Maybe he could be revealed as another member of Retribution. I don't know. But it's sad to see Mo Ricochet not be used by WWE like he was a year ago, two years ago. This is another one who came up from NXT and was promised to be, you know, something special, something unique, and he is, but WWE just doesn't see it that way. And it's a shame how much talent gets wasted by WWE, and I've said this for years. Look at Heath Slater, you know, he he was on the main roster for so long, only to be released by WWE. You know, he's in TNA now, you know, good for him, but just, just another example how how WWE doesn't use the talent they have, you know, they call these guys up from NXT only to be wasted, only to be pushed down the card, and why call them up in the first place? Why don't they just leave them in NXT so they can find something better for them? You, you can't you can't expect to build new stars if you keep pushing them down, if you keep knocking them down, pushing them down the card, rather. Ricochet, man, he, you know, it's just a shame. He feuded with AJ. He's a former United States champion. And I thought, man, after that, I thought, there's so much he could do. There's so much potential with him. He was coming up from NXT. He had a lot of hype in NXT from being this high flyer. He's, exci he's exciting to watch. But it's just, it's just a shame, you know, what WWE does to their talent. And they wonder why, you know, these superstars, they get frustrated with WWE and they go sign somewhere else. Maybe, you know, I w maybe I wouldn't be surprised if Ricochet doesn't re-sign with WWE. And maybe he goes to re-sign with someone else, like AEW or Impact or whoever, where he can be used properly. And there's a lot of wrestlers who could sign somewhere else and probably use better than what WWE uses them as. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah. Um, another one drafted to Raw is Mandy Rhodes. Um, Mandy, she had a decent feud with Otis, but other than that, there's not much I can say on her. I haven't seen much of her in-ring ability. I've seen all her segments with Otis, but not as much as her in-ring talent. So I can't say too much on Mandy, but I wish her the best. That's all I can say. Next up is the Miz and Morrison. Now Morrison, John Morrison, very talented. He's he's always been talented. He's always been a great wrestler, very technical. 
a good heel, very good athleticism. The Miz, on the other hand, is annoying <laughs> to me. Um, the Miz was once a great heel, in my opinion. He was a former Intercontinental Champion. I feel like that's when he he did his best work. But now it's just like they have no clue what to do with The Miz anymore. It's like they've grown tired of The Miz. And this is why I don't feel that like The Miz is ever going to be a real champion again. Yes, he has good mic skills, but as far as like in-ring ability, he's decent. I wouldn't say he's great, but he's decent. Um, I feel that John Morrison should be a singles competitor, and WWE, they've had chances to to book Morrison as a singles competitor. I mean, you've seen Twitter. They all want Morrison to be a little champion. They want Morrison to to be back in singles competition. And I don't see no potential in, in Miz and Morrison being together and being like tag team champions or anything because you, you really can't take them serious. I mean, look at the current storyline they have. I mean, for example, um, this whole storyline with Otis, this this whole thing they have going with him, it's goofy. It's 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 not entertaining. It, it, it's it's silly. This whole him carrying around on a lunchbox thing. We're supposed to take these guys as serious tag team competition. I mean, come on. The whole lunchbox thing was funny, you know, at first for like a week, but then they continued to do it, and they continued to do this and do that. The, this, this isn't a real serious tag team. This is a comedy tag team. People that we aren't supposed to take serious, that I feel we aren't supposed to take them serious, because how could you? They, they did this with Braun Strowman. You know, they were pulling pranks on Braun Strowman during the feud they had with him. And I, and I thought, okay, we're supposed to take the guy, these guys as world champions, as a threat to the world championship. Come on, WWE, their booking is insane, the way they book these matches. But it's, it's just they're silly. It's, it's just goofy. You know, break this tag team up. You know, maybe it's not too late to send Morrison to SmackDown and Miz to Raw, but that's I, I can't stand these two together. Granted, I liked them back in the day, back when they were in ACW and everything, but now it's just now they're not as serious, and you got to blame WWE Crater for that because. It's just, it's it's silly. It's, again, it's Ben Russo booking this because it has his name written all over. Maybe he's secretly working for WWE, as I said before, because who writes this? This is garbage. I mean, some of you may find it entertaining, but this is my honest opinion. I don't like it. And if you find it entertaining, then okay. Um... Do you, you know, um, but yeah, it's, if they would just make them more serious as a tag team and less of a comedy group, then I could take them serious, but what they're doing now, it's just, how can anybody take this serious at all, and this is why people tune into AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or you know, something else because as a pro wrestling fan, when you watch this, it's like, okay, what am I watching? This is why I want to turn off the TV when I see them on TV because it's, it's, I don't know. Moving on. Drafted to Raw, Kofi and Woods. This was interesting. Because not only did Kofi and Woods, Xavier Woods, return, but New Day is officially splitting up. Which, this was much needed. You know, the New Day, they've been together for years. 
for many years and they needed to be split up a long time ago this it's it's gone on for far too long biggie deserves a push he's deserved a push for a very long time and i'm glad that the new day was split up because i feel that if if biggie kofi and woods were on the same brand i don't think biggie's you know, singles push would really mean anything we've seen kofi kingston be pushed he got a big push to the world championship and you know i think a lot of him losing the championship and not being taken serious as a world champion is because he was aligned with the New Day. You know, if Kofi wasn't in the New Day during his championship run, maybe it would have meant more. But you've seen how quick they were to take that title off of him. During that matchup, Brock Lesnar and Kofi deserved a better championship match than that, but WWE is high on Brock Lesnar. At least they were at the time. But they could have gave Kofi a fighting chance, I believe. But that's my opinion. WWE creative, they they make these decisions. They don't really... I don't think they care what we think. Even though they're supposed to, they should. They've said they, they care what we think. But again, Vince McMahon is the head of creative... But even though Bruce Pritchard is the head of creative, everything goes by Vince McMahon before it is brought to TV. So you could say Vince McMahon is the head of creative because honestly he is. Everything goes, has to go to him before it is approved. So yeah, um, Biggie's run, his singles run, I'm hoping... You know, WWE really knocks the ball out of the park with this one because he deserves a push. Whether it's a heel or baby face, he deserves it. I don't like how they're putting him with Sheamus. You know, I'll talk about the match that we saw tonight. That false count anywhere match. I'll talk about that a little later on. But I don't like the current push that Biggie is getting. Um, he was off TV for a few weeks. Now he's brought back and the Falls Count Anywhere match wasn't my favorite. But I'll I'll get into the matches a little later on. But I'm hoping you know WWE they really they don't overuse Biggie. I hope that they stick with Biggie, pushing him forward. They don't get tired of him and just have him wander backstage like they do with most superstars, but we'll see. Um, I'm hoping with this this draft it benefits him like it should many other stars, but we all know how WWE is. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay, next we have Dana Brooke, who... Okay, does this draft benefit her at all? Because she's in a tag team with Lana, who <laughs> I'm surprised is even signing with WB, like I said before. You know, this isn't going to benefit her. It's, it's a shame how she's been used, and she could sign with someone else with, with a, a better company. I mean... With AEW, she is a very talented in-ring performer, and she should be treated as such. But um, she hasn't been. Instead, giving her a decent push, they pair her with Lana, who I believe WWE is trying to bury. I believe they're trying to bury Lana because of her husband Rusev being with AEW, you know, and, and, because you look at the recent weeks in WWE, Monday Night Raw, she's been put through a table 
for three weeks straight by Nia Jax. Now, if that's not burying a superstar, I don't know what is. And the only thing that makes sense of why they would bury her is because Rusev, who now goes by Miro, is in All Elite Wrestling, AEW. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm surprised they, they put Dana Brooke with her because, you know, at this point, what are they going to do with Dana Brooke? You know, they have so many stars in the women's division, and I feel Dana Brooke would benefit somewhere else. Okay, next up is Angel Garza, who I love. I, I think he is great. And uh, he's just all around a great performer. And we'll see what happens with him. He was with Andrade, and they split that tag team up. And I think that's to give Angel Garza a big push on Monday Night Raw. We'll see what happens with Andrade. I'm, I'm a fan of both, both Andrade and Angel. And I feel Andrade, you know, could could feed for the Intercontinental Champion on Smack, Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. Sorry, but we'll see. Um, Angel Garza, he's a big star, you know. Andrade's a big star. They could have been a decent tag team together, but honestly, they're better off separate. I, th I think they could really put on a decent match as in-ring performers. Okay, we have, for the SmackDown roster, we have Roman Reigns, who is now a heel. He's been a babyface for most of his career with WWE. They finally pulled the trigger and turned him heel, which one thing I want to point out I found interesting was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are now on the same brand and they're both hills. So maybe later on, you know, when Roman Reigns is done with Jey Uso, maybe he could form an alliance with Seth Rollins. Two former Shield members being hills. Think about it. I got a lot of potential with a decent tag team. And I, w I would love to see that. Um, I love I love Roman Reigns' current heel turn, current heel character. I mean, it's something fresh. It's something WWE fans have wanted. And we'll see where it goes. And we'll see what happens. Okay, Seth Rollins now drafted to SmackDown, which I found interesting. I didn't expect him to be drafted. But it's fresh, you know, he spent most of his time on Raw, so it's nice to see him on a different brand. I don't like his feud with Rey Mysterio. It was interesting, but now it's turned into like a soap opera, something you can see on Jerry Springer or Mari Povich. This doesn't interest me anymore. Um, it's another feud that has been drug out, and it, it just shouldn't be drug out any longer. I, I'm hoping this ends in Hell in a Cell. But being that Rey Mysterio and Dominic have now been drafted to SmackDown, who knows? But let's all pray. <laughs> I feel that Dominic should have won at SummerSlam to have some sort of momentum building into this feud with Rollins. But all this stipulation matches they're having you know the Hell in a Cell match the Extreme Rules match you know the Steel Cage match or whatever there's too many stipulation matches in WWE I'm not just talking about this feud but, but in general I'm a fan of a good old fashioned wrestling match I don't care for stipulation matches it just depends on the superstar I guess or the storyline but um Way too many stipulation matches. Um, I feel that Dominic Mysterio could benefit more from just a, a, a normal wrestling match. 
being that he's so young and so new. And I'd like to see this kid perform in the ring to see what his wrestling style is like. Not not see him in these stipulation matches to where he's just hitting people with objects going through tables or whatever. You know, you know how these stipulation matches go. Um, but I feel he'd benefit more from a, a wrestling match being that he's so new. You know, I want to see what kind of skills he has. His strengths, his, his weaknesses, his anything to build him up as a performer. Um, next up is Sasha Banks. Tonight was a letdown for me with her. She, you know, this whole feud with her and Bailey, it, I like it, but the match they had tonight was a waste of time. It ended, it ended, it ended in a disqualification, which a thing that bothers me about WWE is that they hype these matches up and wait for them to end so poorly. They get us excited for nothing, and this match could have ended, and it's it's it could have ended different. And it's, it's fine that it ended the way it did, but they could have had a decent match first and then had the finish that way. Because that, that was a big waste of time, in my opinion. It makes sense of why they did it, but really, as a fan of pro wrestling, big waste of time. Bianca Blair is next. I'm excited for her debut. I've heard a lot about her. I haven't seen a lot about her on NXT. Being I don't watch NXT as much as I used to. I will be getting back into it in the next coming weeks. Um, I bounce back in between NXT and AEW. So we'll see what goes on with her. Um, next up is Jey Uso. Um, I like the current storyline he's in with Roman Reigns. It's very personal. Very interesting. I'm a big fan of both the Usos. Um, great tag team. It's good to see them in singles competition. Well, I mean, Jey Uso, it's good to see him in singles competition, rather. It's different. You know, he spent most of his career as a tag team competitor. And it's just good to see something new for a change. It's good to see him feuding with his cousin going into Hell in a Cell. We'll see what happens there. Um, next up is Dominic and Rey Mysterio. You know, both drafted to SmackDown, father and son. They will continue their feud with Seth Rollins. Like I said, hopefully it ends at Hell in a Cell. What I would like to see is Dominic and Rey versus Seth Rollins and the tagging partner of his choosing, being now that, you know, Murphy isn't one of the disciples. Um, I, I feel like this feud should end in a tag team match, not just a one-on-one -on -one match. Because whenever Dominic and Ray are in the ring together, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's fun to see father and son wrestle side by side. And I think it could put a, a good ending to the chapter. But... I'm not the booker. I'm just a fan. So we'll see what happens. Big E, SmackDown, like I said. He deserves this push. We'll see what happens. I don't care for the SmackDown Boss Count Anywhere match tonight. There was no wrestling involved. It was just him getting hit with objects back and forth until the finish. There was no wrestling involved. There was no in-the-ring action except for in the beginning. So it's kind of a letdown for me. I, I felt they could have done more in this match. There was so many opportunities that, that, that they've had for this match. But yeah, it, like I said, going forward, I hope WWE uses him properly and doesn't get tired of him because he deserves this push and I'm, I'm very hopeful for Biggie 
and I hope that he you know, gets pushed to the top, maybe to a world championship match someday. Next up, we have Otis to SmackDown. Um, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the Miz and Morrison Otis feud. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't know what they'll do with Otis going forward, being that he is Mr. Money in the Bank. I don't understand why he's Mr. Money in the Bank, but he is. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they'll do with him. I, I don't know their current plans for him. He's 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 a funny ring performer. He's you know he's entertaining to watch. But they made him Mr. Money in the Bank, and I don't understand why. What were they thinking? What are they going to do going forward with him? And I feel that WWE probably doesn't know what they're doing with him. I'm hoping that they'll take it, the, the briefcase off of him and give it to someone else. But if, if he does keep the briefcase, then there's always the chance of him cashing in on a tag team title opportunity with his partner, Tucker. Because he can cash in on whatever, whoever he wants. Whatever championship he wants. So hopefully they go that route with him. And they can make it more useful that way. Um, we shall see. <laughs> like I said, he's entertaining. I don't understand why they put the briefcase on him. When I thought they could put it on somebody like Aleister Black or... Or Baron Corbin, or King Corbin, I should say, whatever you want to call him, or Matt Riddle or somebody. But which I I feel it's too soon for Matt Riddle to have the briefcase anyway. But but there were so many other routes they could have went with that, but they they chose not to. Um, the one thing that stands out for me tonight for SmackDown was two things. Lars Sullivan returns. This is someone who's been out of action for weeks, months. I mean, and I, didn't, I honestly didn't think he'd come back. I, I, I thought that he would just get released by WWE. And it was months without him, no update or nothing. It's good to see him return. It's a lot of people are saying. He could align himself with The Fiend and Alexa Bliss to form a new Wyatt family. I don't believe that. It's an option. It's a possibility, but I don't believe it. Um, The Fiend doesn't really need to align himself with Lars Sullivan. The Fiend is already a big superstar. He's a monster himself. So aligning himself with Lars Sullivan, I don't really see what that would do for Lars Sullivan going forward. Um, but I'm excited for his return. I'm excited to see what they'll do. Um, another thing that stands out tonight was The Fiend versus Kevin Owens. A very dominant performance by The Fiend. I thought they booked this match correctly. Um, Kevin Owens was, you know, he really put on a show tonight. He made The Fiend look strong. And I felt they booked this match correctly. I love the whole Alexa Fiend storyline. And I'm hoping that they book Kevin Owens versus The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. Being that Kevin Owens' feud hopefully ends at Raw with Aleister Black. Comes to an end at Raw, I should say. And then he moves on to The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. Maybe we'll get a Kevin Owens heel turn. But we shall see. I... Like I said, I love the whole Fiend Alexa storyline. I think it's great. And I'm I'm excited to see what they do next. Like I said, this is what excites me about SmackDown is that these storylines, and this is what has excited me the most about SmackDown is the whole Fiend storyline with Alexa Bliss. Bray Wyatt is amazing. You know, he's such a good worker, such a good storyteller. You know, and it's, it's just it's so good to be excited about pro wrestling again. And um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the next coming weeks with this whole feud. But um, yeah, that's 
that's my take on tonight. I will be doing this podcast every Mondays and Friday nights. And I will be reviewing NXT on Wednesday nights. So please tune in. If you have any questions, please send me questions. And thank you for listening. Good night.